Let us pray. Holy, holy, holy one, guide us by the spirit of truth to hear the word of life you speak and to give all the glory, honor, and praise to your threefold name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Hebrew scripture lesson this morning comes from 1 Samuel, verses, chapter, uh, 1 Samuel 15, 34 through 16, uh, verse 13. Listen now as for the word of God. Then Samuel went, Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in Gilbert of Saul. And Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. But Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord, and invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him who I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded, and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Samah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. Behold, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. Then the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Our Gospel reading this morning is from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Listen to the word for the word of God. And he said, The kingdom of God is, if, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The, Lord earth, the earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, 
then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts it in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. God, let the seeds of your kingdom take root in our hearts and in our church. May these seeds take root and grow everywhere. Show us how our lives might be a blessing to others. Give us the courage to do your work, even when it's hard. Amen. Today in our gospel passage from Mark, Jesus offers us two parables about seeds. They're such simple, yet such rich little stories. They're unassuming, gentle, down-to-earth, and powerful. Like many parables, we can put ourselves in various places in this pair of stories Jesus tells today. We can put on different costumes and play different parts. And so I invite you this morning to join me in diving in to the earthy, rich imagery of this passage from Mark. You can close your eyes if it's helpful to picture it. Picture the fields of Galilee. A little rocky, but fertile enough to grow the important grains and fruits necessary to sustain life. Some of them overlook deep valleys. Some of them line those valleys and run alongside the placid lake. Dotted with purple thistles and other bold flowers and golden grasses, the colors bring alive your connection to creation, to the land. An unseen bird sings a sweet melody that dances through the air with joy. In Hebrew, the word for God's breath is spirit, or, or for God's breath or spirit is ruach. And you can almost hear that word audibly as the peaceful breath of God whispers through the hills and valleys. Ruach. As we enter into the scene, perhaps we are the sower. Through our faithful conversation with others and care for those around us, through our participation in God's work in the world, we sow our seeds. And then we go to bed and rest a while. Sabbath. Suddenly, one day we find the garden sprouting. One of the most beautiful parts of this passage is that the farmer knows the seeds will grow, but much of how they do it is a mystery. The ways that God uses us in the world are such a mystery to us. One day we look back and we see God's hand in the places we have been, 
and the seeds that have been planted. And we, like the farmer, marvel at the beauty of the mystery. The sower in our parable knows when to plant and when to harvest. And the sower trusts that God will make the stuff in between happen. That trust grows easier the more times we lean on it, the more seasons of planting and harvest we go through. Like all things in life, trusting God's mystery takes practice. We often help young children plant seeds at school or at church or at home. And children are so wonderstruck by the mystery that is a seedling popping up from the dirt where they poked down the seed with their dirty little curious fingers. When we find ourselves worrying that the seed we've planted may not grow, we can look back on the times we have seen seeds grow, perhaps as a small child, and we can trust God's mystery in the new season of sowing, growth, and harvest. What a delight to find the goodness you have sowed sprouting up through the ground. What a strange and almost bittersweet task when you have to thin the plants out because there are so many growing in your garden plot. I have to thin out my green beans this week before they choke one another to death. And I feel a little sad for the ones that will be removed from the ground and tossed on the compost to feed the garden that I will plant next spring. But eventually they will all come out of the ground, having borne all the fruit they are able. They will have fed my family well for the season and will be placed with the ones that were thinned out earlier this year on the compost to help new plants next year feed us once more. Perhaps in this passage, we are the garden seed sowed in that first of the twin stories. We find ourselves in the dirt, maybe not all that distinguishable from the dirt at all. We often see Jesus offer this idea that small things can become big things, that small things are important. The things we tend to just walk past in our day-to-day -day lives are the very things that Jesus cares about. The little things matter to God. Jesus says things like, let the little children come to me. The last shall be first, and the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. To be sure, even a large seed like an acorn goes through a pretty fantastic transformation when it one day becomes a giant oak. But while scripture does love the imagery of a giant cedar or a powerful oak, Jesus sticks with the imagery of everyday small seeds that grow into things like mustard bushes and wheat. Even the humble mustard bush has a place in the imagery of heaven. It's not exciting like the giant cedars, but mustard is everywhere. It chokes out weeds and offers rest for the birds. It provides protection, safety, home. That sounds pretty heavenly, if 
you ask me. We want sometimes to plant the fancy seeds or to be the fancy seeds that grow into giant trees that last forever and live in our backyard unchanging for generations. We forget that mustard seeds and wheat are just as important as apple seeds or acorns or all the other cool seeds. All seeds grow into plants that all have different sorts of life cycles and different roles to play. Sometimes we forget all seeds grow into important things and that the point is the growth, not the prestige. We forget that sometimes in this work on our unpredictable planet, we don't even know what sort of seed we are until we are pressed down into the dirt. And we may worry at those times that we won't be the right kind of seed, forgetting that God created all seeds and wants them all to be given water and sunlight so they can grow. And while the sower sleeps, God works in us some wondrous mystery that causes us, whatever seed we are, to one day break forth out of the ground and begin to stretch our tender leaves to the sky. With water and love and care, we will grow into a fruitful plant. Maybe a bush to shade the birds. Maybe wheat that will come and go in just a season, but that will nourish other life in powerful and important ways. Perhaps we are already a plant. Maybe we are a stalk of wheat, turning golden with the nearing of harvest time, afraid of the sickle swing, or perhaps welcoming our turn to participate in life's circle. Might we be a mustard bush, shading the garden, providing rest and comfort, biding our time and stretching our branches as far as we can reach. The mustard bush in this parable already knows its purpose. It puts out its branches, knowing its task of housing the birds. Perhaps we are the bird resting and nesting in the branches of the mustard bush. I don't think the bird in this parable Gets enough airtime. That pun was, I know that pun was not intended, and as I read it, I realized what I'd done. <laughs> but there she is, sitting in the branches, building her nest for the next generation to come, singing her song of praise to God, sweetly serenading all the rest of creation with the sounds of her wonder of what God has done with that tiny little seed. She sings the song of gratitude that God has given her the task of building a brand new thing that will shelter and house another brand new thing, another bird that will grow to join her in her song. I ask you to reflect then. Who are you? Are you the sower planting new things? and trusting God's mysterious work to bear fruit in them? Are you the small seed, full of potential to be any number of wonderful things that may shade, nourish, shelter, or feed? Are you a plant, already aware of what your purpose is, putting out your branches and striving to work God's goodness? 
Are you a bird? There to sing God's goodness to all of creation while preparing the nest for something new. Sometimes we discover that we are no longer the character in this parable that we thought we were, or that we are in a different part of the life cycle than we thought. And that is difficult. But it is also important. And it is powerful. What we must do in those times is to remember how God uses them all. They are all a part of the powerful work that God is doing in the world. The seeds are not planted and the ripened plants not harvested without the sower. The plants will never grow without a seed. The birds will have no shelter and the sower's family will have no grain without the plants. The world will never know the glory of creation's song without the birds. And the Spirit of God breathes life into them all and works the mysteries of creation through them all. So who are you, my dear ones? I'm going to do what I sometimes do and leave the pulpit and pick up an instrument and share with you a song that I have shared on Sunday before. And so if it sounds familiar, that's why. And the words will be up on the, the projector here so that you can join me if you so desire. Thank <laughs> you. 